Hi, hola, and hello, and welcome to My Kids Think I'm Cool But Podcast, hosted by me, yours truly, Jackie. I'm an American Filipino mom living in Denmark, trying to balance culture, raise international kids, and learn the language all while trying not to lose my shit. When I'm not parenting, I'm a working mom, aspiring entrepreneur, and a podcaster by night. So get ready for an exciting season two of My Kids Think I'm Cool podcast. This season, I will focus on international parents doing their thing from changing careers, starting a business, all while trying to adapt to a new country. So grab a coffee or wine and listen, laugh, and enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to My Kids Think I'm Cool But podcast. For today's episode, I have someone very special. I actually met her at my Danish class. I know I'm back in Danish after eight years, but I met her in Danish class, and it was super interesting talking to her. Her name is Anne Tan. I don't know how to say her Danish last name, so please don't expect me to say her Danish last name uh, because it's super hard. But anyways... She came here two years ago, 2020, and she moved here with her family. Her husband is Dane, and she, they have one son together. And I found it really interesting of what she does for her job and what she actually started here in Denmark, which is really interesting. She was living in Singapore before she lived in uh, Denmark, and she was a professional bartender and I didn't know what she meant by professional bartender until she really explained it to me and I thought it was really interesting and so now she actually created a cocktail classes actually here in Bali where I live and so she puts on classes on teaching people how to create really good cocktails and I thought it was really interesting on how she started that business here in Denmark and she shares it all about it and how she got started, and why she got started, and also a little bit about her family life here in Denmark. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Uh, we were talking for a really long time because, I don't know, when I talk to people and meet people, I just find their life so interesting and so amazing that she created something of her passion of making cocktails, making people happy through cocktail as a business and she really shared it in her in this podcast and I really want to share with you guys on how she started and why she started and why it is really important to do something that you love especially in a new country where you really have to change your career change your passion and making it into a business so I hope you guys enjoy this episode of my kids think i'm cool but podcast hi Anne, and welcome to my kids think i'm cool but podcast first of all i just want to say thank you for you know coming on i know you have kids and you have this busy business to just come on and share your experience on your amazing business i think it's super interesting and i think a lot of my listeners will think it's super interesting because who does not like a good cocktail <laughs> I'll let you introduce yourself to the listeners. You'll probably do a way better job than me. So please tell the listeners where you're from and how did you end up in Denmark? Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Anne Kahl. I'm actually originally from Hong Kong, but I lived most of my life in Singapore and Hong Kong. We moved to Denmark in 2020, if I'm not mistaken, due to COVID and all the political happenings in Hong Kong. 
And also the main thing, because my husband is Danish. So I think that's a lot of people that can relate to. I've been in the, let's say, I've been in the spirits industry for since 2010. Was actually one of my first jobs. I started with beer, and I figured out that I hate that bitter, bubbly thing. So I moved to Bailey's, which is the coffee liqueur, and then they promote me to vodka, and then they promote me to whiskey. So I knew the components, and then I started making with it, and then I figured out I'm good with flavor, and I've been a bartender since. But you call yourself. I remember when I first met you in a Danish school.、Uh, Anne and I actually met at Danish school, and yes, I am back in Danish school after eight years <laughs> living in Denmark. And we were talking, and she calls herself a professional bartender, and I thought that was super cool that you know you can do bartending, but she really took it to another level of being <laughs> a bartender. Can you explain to the listeners exactly what a professional bartender is? Yeah, of course. So the normal bartenders, it's the one that you see on these typical nightclubs that basically just pour. They don't know anything. If you ask them, like like a simple cocktail, even as simple as a daiquiri. Daiquiri is basically a rum, fresh lime juice. We call it a lemonade, which is the, you have to squeeze it fresh and sugar syrup. And if a person doesn't know what that is, then that's like normal bartender, like whatnot. Professional bartenders, though, we take it in the next level. We actually have technique. We do know the instant process, and some of us, like me, I actually do molecular cocktails. Like I play with chemistry as well. I play with flavors, those type of flavors that you even in a cocktail, it's kind of like a three-course drink. First, you'll have like the subtle sweetness, then the saltiness comes in, and then there's like a final flavor, and you're wondering like. What is this? <laughs> so that difference between like just those bartenders that you—it's kind of like a it, in cocktail terms and in Danish terms, normal bartenders are the gin hoss. Yes, I totally hate that one. It's basically just gin and some mango syrup and just Schweppes. Poor, poor, poor. No skill at all. No skill needed. Just that. And then you have me that's gonna go for、uh, let's say a breakfast Negroni. It tastes like bacon coffee, and then there's a hint of bitterness on it from a flavored tonic water. I mean, who does that? Yeah, I do things like that, like that. <laughs> yeah, so you take it to a whole new level. And is that something that you did in Singapore before you came to Denmark, or were you just a bartender in Singapore and just kind of like,、oh, I'm gonna, you know, take this? I started actually being a bartender in Singapore. And then at some point, well, I also did like a part-time DJ at one of the bars in Singapore in Marina Bay Sands. And then when I got enough money, I actually did like a partnership. So I co-owned a bar in Singapore, and that's kind of like the managerial side of things. And I figure out like oh, all the costing and whatnot. But then the thing about cocktails is that it's an evolution that's going on. It's like something. That are good this year, it's not going to be good next year. Or you have to give people something new, something different every time. If they're just going to get bored and not, they're just going to take their business elsewhere. It, they, people love to be surprised, and real bartenders, we actually love to prove you wrong. Yeah, like we will give you something that you don't like, and it will either go in two things: whether you hate it or you. Like it. If you hate it, it's fine. We know that you don't like it, and then we're gonna move on from there. So that's basically what I did. Is that I don't really settle for something. I like the thrill of the challenge all the time because I don't like being boring. Yeah, 
it's the same thing when I put things on my cocktails. I don't like boring. I like vibrant. I like it with color. I like it according to season. I mean, who the hell will drink mojito in the middle of winter? Yeah, that's true. What do you think the difference is from you know the bartenders here in Denmark versus like where you came from in Singapore? Like the level of because I notice even when I move from the U.S. to Denmark, it's just not. It's a bit different, but not as professional. Like, like I could have gotten a better. I remember I went to Copenhagen and I ordered a, a, a sangria, and it was a clear water. I got, and I was like, "This is not sangria." I was like, "What is this?" And of course, you know, we live in Denmark, and it does not cost. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't cost as cheap. It was very expensive for water and some coloring. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, the thing is, I mean, I visited U.S. a little. The, Also, the cocktail scene in Singapore and Hong Kong, especially Hong Kong, because one of the top bars actually is in Hong Kong. It's way different because people are actually they don't mind. Although the price is not that cheap as well, but they are not scared to be a bit more adventurous. They're not playing it safe. The problem that I notice here in Denmark is that people are not are really afraid to jump on that. The moment you put something like, for example, a spicy cocktail, they were like, "Oh hell no, spicy e no." But then when they try it, they were like, "Okay, it's actually not bad." But the problem is not everybody wants to try there. Like they want to be safe here. They want it sweet and gassy. They want the gin has. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's only a couple of places here in Denmark that you can actually have a good cocktail scene, and it's mostly one of the biggest cities. That's actually why, also, why I started the whole thing here in Vila because I noticed that we're missing an actual good cocktail place in Vila. Like we do have some, but it's really like either you don't taste alcohol or it's just diabetes in a cup. That's what I always say. It's diabetes in a cup. Like I need a jug of water just to wash it out because it's just pure sugar. Pure cream, pure sugar, pure, pure citrus, and I'm like, no, it needs to be balanced. Yeah, or they have everything pre-made, and so they just put yeah. the alcohol, and then they just put it in the cup. I've noticed that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Though people love it easy, and I get it because you don't have the time to get out. Also, because the current, well, it's still going on, but somehow it's better because of the pandemic. People don't mm-hmm. want to go out. But the thing is, all these. Gin and tonic in a glass. All these cocktails—they're just too sweet. They're actually used. They're actually made to be distributed more like more. It's more like quantity over quality. Mm-hmm. You put a big brand on it and then you try it. It's actually not bad. It's, a good example will be those Aperol spritz bottles. They're so sweet. They're not really spritzy, as I say. And if you try the normal Aperol spritz versus the one that's sold in a bottle. You won't mind paying two times or even three times the price of the actual apples Ritz versus the bottled one, and you will yeah. chuck the bottle away. <laughs> of course, yeah, probably tastes better too. Oh yeah, God, yeah. Before you moved here, did you think it would be easy to start, you know, this alcohol bartending, professional bartender business that you're doing? Did you think it would be easy? No, no, it's not. It's definitely not. I mean, just the language barrier itself. I've been with I've been with my husband since 2012, and we've been visiting Denmark every year for the last decade or so. And 
I do understand what they say most of the time, but it's just different. The moment I moved here to Denmark, I wasn't even given any time after I got my permit to stay, like to coordinate myself and everything. It's like, oh, you'll have to learn language like this. You have to be Danish like this. You have to integrate like this. And you were like, whoa, this, this, this is different <laughs> from where I came from. Like, yeah. calm down. But no, you're giving like, even deadlines that you have to go through this and that and that and you don't really have time to think so it took me a while I started really really slow I mean I'm not that known I've done some small projects and big projects every now and then but thing about this business and basically in this industry is that you build your contacts slowly sometimes if I can be lucky like I know one person and this this person will tell me everything or introduce me to everybody. And then you have, I mean, Violet, there's really nobody here. <laughs> no, <laughs> especially in my in my line of work, there's nobody here. So when in the moment I say, oh, I'm doing cocktails, cocktails, what? So do you have a bar? I was like, no, not exactly. It's, I teach people what a real cocktail is. And then afterwards they get to try it because the only way for you to know it is for you to try it. It's the same thing with food. You only know the food is good once you try it. Yeah. Mm. And they're like, okay, it's not bad. And they can see that I'm really passionate about it. And of course I am. I mean, it's my job, so you have to be really passionate about it. Yeah, and it, you wouldn't be doing it. You wouldn't have all this alcohol and all this knowledge if you weren't. You're not. It's not like you're doing it for the money. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I have no problem in that category. Yeah. Me. Yeah. No, it, it's more like I love to, to see the face of that person that saw my cocktails and it's like, I'm actually good. Like, yeah, because I always make cocktails like how I would like, how, how I would drink it. I wouldn't drink horrible stuff. I wouldn't even put that in my mouth. So why would I put it in yours? Yeah. Yeah. So, or give you a hangover. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing about alcohol, people are actually really scared when they say all oh, cocktails, alcohol, and they think like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna get wasted or really get drunk. But actually, it's not. People look at me and always think, oh, all she talks about is alcohol. But I'm, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm here to taste. And that's the thing about cocktails. It's also an experience for a person. So not only that, it's, it's like a, it's a good accompaniment to food, if you can. I mean, good restaurants do, like all those really proper restaurants, especially in stores, they do have a good cocktail menu. But it also comes, it's also with the company that you have. Yeah, so, that's correct. Yeah. If you have good cocktails and if you have good company, most likely that company will stay and you guys will stay the whole night too. So it's all about, it's all about that mix. Yeah. So if you have a, if you go to a place, let's say it's fancy schmancy and the cocktail is shit, you wouldn't want to stay there. <laughs> You're not no, you you will take you will take your business elsewhere, or worse, your friends are just like, oh, let's take a nightcap, guys. Uh, yeah. let's just go home. Yeah, it's not, and people don't think it that way. No, or they'll go to another bar. Just go to another bar, <laughs> and that's what we don't have in Violet. Yeah. Uh, what was your biggest obstacle when you were integrating in Denmark with this business, or personally, or with your family? You think? Definitely the language. Because there's only a limited, like, for example, for my cocktail classes and also the people that I talk to, there's only also a limit of what I can do and what I can say. That's why when some of my events, I have 
to do a partnership with one of my clients because he handles the Danish side. I mean, yes, I can speak Danish, but there's only so much I can say. And once they started talking really fast, then I'm just lost. So he knows how to sell the Danish side and I'm more on the technical side. The actual st- the taste and the visual and experience. Even down to the cost, because at the same, at the end of the day, it's business for everybody. And I had to show people or actually show clients like how they can profit from this because everybody just wants to. I mean, it's all about the money at the end of the day for them. And uh, for me, I'm like, okay, great. If you feature my cocktail, I feel, I feel proud of that because that's basically mine. Mm-hmm. That's really good that you're able to, how did you find your partner, your business partner that was in Danish? It's actually, yeah, he's Danish. It's actually from my old workplace. Oh, okay. Yeah, we we felt like we both were mistreated, both of us. Yeah. So that, is, that saying that the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it went that way. And then we figure out, like, and now, and more like he figure out that I'm actually, I'm the key person in this place. Like, this is her. Not you. Your pull BS. It's yeah. her. I'm going with her. I do business for him. He do business for me. It's like a two-way street. Like most of my products actually that is featured in the cocktail lab and also sometimes I put a bit of his products in my Instagram and my social media. So it's kind of like a two-way street. So I benefit from him and he benefits from me. It's a good partnership. And then I move on from there. So he introduced me to different people here in Denmark and all of them are asking me the same question what the hell are you doing in Bali yeah I get that too <laughs> like you should be in Copenhagen you should be in Unse you should be in somewhere else. and I'm like yeah I bought a house in Bali yeah but I feel like Violet it's growing a lot of people I talk to in Copenhagen want to move here it's really yeah. weird it's really weird because it is like an up and coming small city. Yeah. We have everything. We're close to everything. It, we're part of the triangle, you know, the triangle area where Germany is like an hour away. Uh, Copenhagen's two hours. It's like we have everything around us. Yet we're in the middle of nowhere, but still, there's still so much. Also, internationals here. Yeah. Uh, we have to thank Siemens Gamisa. Yes, Siemens Gamisa, yeah. Yeah, and Lego for that, because a lot of their employees actually live in Violet, and I can't blame them. We do have a lot of things there. It's just that you have the city setting, but you still have kind of like a countryside setting. I mean, the house that I live in, just outside, there's like a beautiful garden, and in front of the garden is a forest. I mean, I wouldn't get any of that view even in Copenhagen, no matter how much money we put in a house. No, it's so expensive and crowded, and... I feel like you and I, we both have kids. It's just so hectic in the city. Like here, I don't have a worry about my daughter going down the street. Like, yeah, okay, see you. Like, uh, it's not a problem for me. (laughs) That's good for you. Not not for me. Not for me. When they get older. Yeah, yeah. And also, we decided to move to Violet because my husband is from Violet. And my in-laws actually lives about like less than 10 minutes walk from our place. And they're getting old, and our son is actually their one and only grandchild. Okay, yeah, they want to be close. Yeah, I mean, at some point, the thing is, I 
personally, I didn't really grow up with a father, and my mother's not really that parent yeah. material. But I'm I'm a grandma's girl. Yeah, so I have that special bond with grandma. Even when I couldn't speak Danish, I actually have a special bond with my father-in-law. And when he got sick, and that's kind of like a wake up to both me and my husband that we decided, you know, like yeah, they they won't be here that long yeah so let's just build that relationship between a grandparent and a grandson yeah and I'm just like you know what I'm a very flexible person I know I can start something I know I can introduce something let's just go and then hello tax and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> compared to Singapore I bet the tax here is killer oh yeah I don't pay any in Singapore or in Hong Kong no I don't well, my husband does, but we do. But the thing is, we do have a lot of tax exemptions. It's ridiculous. If you hire a maid, yeah, you get tax exemptions. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, it's something like that. And if you have kids, of course, you get benefits and you have a kid. But if you earn up to a certain degree, you basically mm-hmm. don't have to pay tax. Oh, wow. So, Here, they tax you more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Top, they're like, yeah, you're one of the top earners. We're gonna put another seven percent on top of your your whatever income you're making. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem with the man making noise upstairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's from shipping, so that's so crazy. Oh yeah, God. Do you think that was your culture shock when you moved here? What was your biggest culture shock when you moved to Denmark? The food as well. I the, and the nightlife. There's basically no nightlife here. In well, fact, we live in, in Vile, Vile, so <laughs> yeah, in Vile, to... it's zero dip, nada. Like oh, five thirty, all the shops are closed. Yeah, I'm used to shop close at ten or eleven during summer. Like what? And having twenty four seven restaurants where you can go have yeah. oh, food yeah, and, anytime. Yeah, and and Uber Eats and yeah. Food Panda and all these apps. Even McDonald's, we have a McDonald's app. The two in the morning. God, I'm hungry. I just had a long shift. I don't want to go to McDonald's. I know it's like five, ten minutes walk. I'm lazy as heck. I'm just going to order McDonald's. Yeah. 15, 15 minutes. Oh, here comes my Big Mac. Oh, thank you, Lord. I miss here, that, too. Oh, no. No. Yeah, right. Here, we have to drive like at least 25 minutes going to McDonald's, 25 minutes going back. I mean, who has time for that? By the time you go home, that French fries is foggy and you're just... It's cold and yeah, it's not good. Yeah, I think that's so difficult. I was actually just thinking about it. You go to the U.S. I'm like, if I wanted ice cream at 2 o'clock in the morning, I can just go on an app and say, I want this ice cream at 2 o'clock in the morning and someone will be at my door in 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. I miss that. <laughs> Well, I'm going to give you a culture shock. Like, just give me a sec. Like, the difference between how it is in Denmark versus how it is, like, for example, in U.S. or U.K. or Hong Kong or Singapore. Just give me a sec. Yeah. I am making a drink while we are podcasting. No, no. It's more like <laughs> a visual presentation, sort of. Okay. So, in terms of alcohol and a culture shock in Denmark. So, normal shot is this. Yeah. Like, this small cup. That's even less, actually. The normal shot of alcohol in Denmark is 2CL or 20 a month. So it's less. So in Hong Kong, Singapore, and most parts of Asia, it's actually 50 a month. It's the same in the uh, Los Angeles. That's the size. Yeah. But most part of US is actually 
It's oh, like, yeah, okay, that that's more recognizable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was the big culture shock for me. When I'm trying to trying some cocktails here, I'm just like, what is this? A cocktail? Yeah, I know, but is there any alcohol in here? I'm not, I'm not being alcoholic or anything. Is there alcohol in there? Yes. How much? And then they have to explain to me, like, yeah, I mean, come on, you see this, and you see this. Yeah, that's like, you don't taste anything. They're being so cheap. And then the price of the alcohol is like so much higher. So, yeah, it's crazy that uh, you just show the visual of the difference. And now I understand why when I order a cocktail to the listeners, uh, she just showed a visual of how much a shot here in Denmark is. And it's half the size of what you would think is. And that's why when I order a cocktail here, I don't taste it. It's like juice. No. Saft. Saft. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. They put that little alcohol and then that too much sugar and citrus you basically don't you only taste the sugar and the citrus the alcohol it will come but not that much and then just like and you pay like what 90 100 kerner yes you will get those cheap ones at the like one of those local pubs or bars like the one we have here in violet that opens at 10 p.m and Close at five in the morning. But oh, yeah, those don't count. Those are like really cheap, like hangover or even watered down shots that you would get. In in layman terms, it's one of those alcohol that they have to dilute the living heck out of because they smell like turpentine and taste like turpentine. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. yeah so that's the hangover, the turpentine-ish hangover. It smells basically like a paint dinner. Yeah, that's why probably why they put the water in it but also when i was younger i wouldn't have noticed the difference i'm like Woo! <laughs> now i would because i feel like my when you're over 30 your taste kind of just refined a little bit more and like you're not just drinking whatever we age yeah yeah because the way i serve cocktails to younger people usually when like for example when there's an event they will i will ask them so what are the age group right age group like because for young ones they just you can't give them something really heavy. You have to give them something sweet and easy to drink and a bit ladylike. When I say ladylike, it's like basically almost no alcohol on it, sort of. And pink. God, pink. Well, have you tried those have... mokai here? It's like mokai drinks. Oh, yeah, they're disgusting. They're just super sweet and it gives you a hangover. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's more like they put the cheapest spirit that they can have and they put some sugar on it and flavorings not even real you can taste it. it's a natural flavoring to mask the taste the alcohol and it's just like oh okay i mean cost price of those things they basically cost nothing yeah yeah but kids love them because it's for them it's a quick fix and it's cheap <laughs> and it's cheap cheap fish <laughs> yeah people need to know that Sometimes paying cheap is actually not a good way to go. No, you you prefer no. it the next day. <laughs> no, no, you can, and it's really not worth it. It's the same terms when I make a pina colada, which you also tasted, and first thing I always say is that it doesn't have any Malibu rum on it. Yeah. Yeah, and they were I'm like, why? I mean, is that mm-hmm. what you know exactly? Like. You think of pina colada, you're like, oh, Malibu rum and some <laughs> milk and yeah. Nope, nope. It got popular because the thing is, making an actual pina colada, uh, that, uh, it costs 
a bit, mm-hmm. not that much, a bit. Um, let's just come up with something cheaper. It's kind of like made in Europe versus made in China. Yeah, yeah, it's it's same concept. Probably has the taste of coconut on that, but it's not the same. <laughs> no. So it so if you can afford the made in Europe, go for made in Europe because <laughs> you know that you know you you're paying for quality rather than quantity. When do you think it was the turning point of you know live while you were living in Denmark that you wanted to start this cocktail lab? in your house and also you know just kind of doing your own thing and not working in a restaurant the turning point was to be honest when i was assaulted at work okay yeah i was working and then there's this my boss's friend which also happens to be his one of his best customers he keeps reminding me that oh he spent ten thousand kroner last time he He pays a lot of money, blah blah blah. So what happened is that he started touching and was about to go on my back, like going down yeah. my back, and I'm just like, heck no! So I stopped him and I move away. And as I was moving away, he actually pulled my hair aggressively. <gasps> oh no! Yeah, to the point that I almost fell, but I regained my balance. And I texted my boss and says, I don't want to go through that table anymore. Yeah. And he came to me and he's like. Oh, it's just drunk. Uh, don't worry about it. That's not an excuse. No, and he's like, "It's this is Denmark. You don't listen to people like you." And I'm like, "You know what? I don't want to work for someone like you." Yeah, because you're basically benefiting from what I do. When I started in that restaurant, they were actually serving. They put it in their menu that they're serving martini. Yeah, dry martini and that, and they're serving. Vermouth. So basically, a martini is a mix of gin plus vermouth. Yeah. Or vodka and vermouth, or mixture if they want a vesper martini. He is actually advertising people that he's serving martini when in fact he's serving vermouth. No, nothing else in it. No, in his menu it says gin, but actually, and he never not he ne- they never knew that until I came, and I have to say no, this is not. This is not a, a martini. This is a vermouth. What is a vermouth? It's it's basically like a component of a martini. Yeah, it's like twenty percent of a martini. And what what is it? Gin. And they've been in Thailand for seventeen years. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and they own a bar. No, yeah, they they want to open up a bar. Yeah. A news article came in, and he got so pissed because my face was in the front page, and I was so pissed because my your face was in the front page. <laughs> yeah, and it was hideous. I have no makeup whatsoever, and I looked so pissed, so angry, to the point that my neighbor had to knock on my door and says, "Oh, I just translated English. You're scary. Remind me not to piss you off." <laughs> like what? What? Before? Like what for? And she showed me the paper, and I'm like, "Oh my god, no!" <laughs> and my husband had to remind me, like, "Yeah, you know, there's like around probably fifty thousand people in Bayreuth. Not everybody subscribes to it, but yeah, the majority of the older of age. This week they're gonna see your scary, angry face that you give me when I piss you off, and I'm like, oh, no." No, 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 no. And when they picked that photo out of all the other photos that they had, yeah, 
And my old boss was really pissed off because uh, they had to pick that photo of me. He was actually expecting that it's his photo or his son's photo. And they picked my photo and put it in the front page, like, here you go. Like, ah. And he started, uh, they started calling me like master shaker. I'm like, what the heck is a master shaker? <laughs> what is that? But then when I started serving cocktails, they were actually like, oh, why am I paying 120 kroner for this? This is actually really, really good. Yeah, they understand the well. Like, that's what a 120 kroner cocktail tastes like. Not like vermouth, that's all. <laughs> no, no. I remember before I joined, like, I gave them a, I made the whole cocktail menu and they passed it as themselves, but whatever. So they have an Aperol Spritz. They're basically mixing Aperol with Fanta. What? And I'm like, Fanta. Oh, like the Fanta. orange soda. Yeah, orange soda. Okay. And a little bit of dense fan. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and they're charging it 120 kroner. <laughs> no, I think that one was 90 or 99 kroner. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And it's, it's just going alarm bells for me because I know the proper way to do it. And I know how much it costs. So, like, no, don't, don't, don't do this. No, I can't, I can't take this. So I changed menu, and then at some point, after a few months, I also suffered mental and emotional abuse. I've been called names. I've been called a communist dog because I'm part Chinese. I've been called weird every day. I've been called to work, and then suddenly, like, after an hour, like, oh, there's nobody, go home. So I said, I had enough. And I only want to work for myself and myself only. And if there's anybody going to be benefiting from me, I will rather take it to the people. And hence, I come up with a cocktail workshop. Because it, it's just, it's a chance for people to learn. I mean, there's so much good stuff about having a cocktail. And it's also a good way to impress your friends. Imagine, oh, I can, I can make cocktails. Not the gin hashtag, but on actual cocktails. It's like, ooh, ooh. Can you tell... And then you can charge your friends after. Too. Yeah, of course. Can you tell the audience about your cocktail classes and your uh, cocktail lab that you created in Baile? Yeah, so I do have a cocktail lab here in Baile. It's actually in Skibet area. So um, right now it's actually just, it's part of my basement that I turn into a cocktail lab. But it's very homey and very spacey. So how my cocktail workshop goes is that I divided them and called them into a series. So I do have some coffee series, which is like coffee-based, because right now the trend is espresso martini. And it's Denmark. People love coffee. So why don't we put that in a cocktail? And then, of course, it's summer. So the flavors of summer, like the one that I made for like a summer spritz, it's basically a strawberry and milk Aperol spritz. I mean, that's what that's what Danes love in the summer and also some other um, summery drinks, not just from Denmark, but also from all my travels all around the world and from my different clients. And I also do have like a tequila series and who doesn't love a good margarita, like an actual margarita. Yeah. Yeah. And I do change the series depending on the season. So I might, I will have, I definitely have something from fall and also for Christmas. And uh, yeah, so I do, I do kind of like a like a cocktail course or a cocktail workshop i do a demo and explain how to do this why we do this and this and then afterwards you get to try it i mean who doesn't want that yes and then of course you make sure they're not driving home right 
no, no, no. I do, I do make it to a point that when they sign up, first, of course, they have to be of legal age because we don't. I don't want to get into trouble. And I highly recommend just before, actually, even on the day itself and a day before that, please, 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 don't drive. And there's still somebody who's still, you know, ignore it. But of course, good for me. I do have a non-alcoholic gin and some non-alcoholic spirits. For people who like try to test their luck and like, yeah, no, no, I'll feel better. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Just to be safe. Yeah. yeah, I can do that. And yes, I do have a, I call it a no and low series. It's mm-hmm. also a friend right now because we do have people that has that has reasons not to consume alcohol, mm-hmm. like pregnant people, Muslims, people abstaining from alcohol, and all that. You still have those people. So for me, it doesn't mean that you have to exclude them. So I did, I do have a, let's say it's a mocktail yeah. series that caters to them. They good alcohol level is so low, like less than 5%. It's basically like almost less than a beer or just nothing else. So that's nice that you actually include, you know, non-alcoholic and then low percent and also whoever wants to get fucked up. <laughs> all, all spectrums. <laughs> Yes. The thought, you know, of starting a business abroad, especially, you know, in a new country, has to be really, really scary. How did you find the courage to actually just, you know, start a cocktail lab and just do this new concept? Because I'm pretty sure this is pretty new in Denmark, or I've never heard of it, but it's a new concept. They do have that in some places, like, for example, in Copenhagen, I think they have like a Copenhagen Cocktail Academy. But the thing is, again, I'm more of a quality versus quantity. Right now in my cocktail lab, I do have a maximum, which is around six to 10 people. If they want more, of course, we can, I can find another place, but I prefer to have it in a smaller batch. So it's more personal. They do have this companies that do cocktail course in Denmark, but most of them is in Danish. Yeah. Yeah. Again, there's a big cocktail community, or there is a big international community in Copenhagen and in in specifically in Bali as well. So if you have somebody that actually, no offense, but can actually speak proper English, then you'll be more comfortable to talk with this person. Yeah. Then you get to understand them more. So the communication is there, and therefore you'll actually give emphasis to what you are teaching or what you're learning about. So it's it's like that. I mean, yes, I think they have English ones, but I think like actual English English one is I'm the only one. Yeah, to doing it. Yeah, that, and that's really cool. Um, how did you find the courage to just start it and just go? You know what? I don't know the language, but I'm just gonna do it anyways, <laughs> and see where it goes. That night when I was yeah, in I bet. Yeah, at that night it gave me like a like a hit on the head and just say enough. It will be hard, but start something that you're gonna be the boss and you you no one is no one is gonna hurt you. No one is gonna bring you down. No one will make you feel like you're below them or something like that. Start something. There's no harm in trying. At least it, if it goes to shit, at least I try. Yeah, if. There's, I know, as an international here in Denmark, you know, it's it's difficult to find a job, to learn the okay. language, and I've noticed that talking to a lot of internationals, a lot of them actually change careers because they can't do, you know, what they no. were doing at home. Yeah. What would be your tips for them to actually, you know, 
start a business uh, that they're passionate about or something that they've been thinking about, but kind of like on the fence, what would be your your tip on them to just kind of just dive in and, and try it out? And no matter what, if they fail, they fail, they tried. Yeah. Well, first, look for resources that you can actually use. Like at the end of at the end of the day, it's a business. It might work from the country that you're from, but it might not work worse here in Denmark. So check that out first. And second, always remind about your passion. At the end of the day, if this is something that you like or you love, no matter how much hurdles you have, it's you're gonna go through, you're gonna pull forward. For me, my business it's a roller coaster mess with all the cancellations and and people giving up, but it doesn't I feel sometimes I feel like giving up as well. So I'm just like, okay, it's it's another roadblock. It's this and that. I feel like I'm not going anywhere. And lastly, have a good support system. Could be your family. Could be your friends. In my case, it's my husband. He's the one who's like, no, try it again. Try it again. Try it again. Try it again. You can do it. I know you can. I know you can. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, no rush. If you, it, it will come. It's Bad days are not always there. Yeah. And yeah, learn, maybe learn a little bit of Danish. It helps. But I mean, some Danish are actually really nice when they see that I'm struggling. I have a gin and tonic pairing classes and they can see that I'm struggling a little bit with my Danish. And then they're like, ha, it's okay. You can just, you can just use English. We understand. It's fine. It's more fun. And they had more fun. I mean, they all got drunk, but it was fun. That's really cool that to just, you know, be able to accept that you don't know Danish and you're just doing it like you do as much yeah. Danish as you can and and I think Danes appreciate when you try yeah. to speak they it. appreciate it yeah they appreciate the effort I mean there's still some words that you can really pronounce properly and even for them they will sometimes tell me Ugh. I mean just with all our Danish homework I had to ask for four Danes one of them is a doctor to help me out. And they all gave up and like, you're doing this? It's quite hard for us. If it's hard for us, then it's hard for you too. And I'm like, yes, thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> This is what we're, they're teaching us in Danish school and what they expect of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, you should know this. And then you go to a Dane and go like, eh? I don't even know what you're talking about. I remember yeah. my mother-in-law looking at my Danish book. She's like this. I've never learned that. I was like, yeah, that's, that's a grammar rule. I have been writing Danish for my whole life. I've never wrote it that way. I was like, oh, that's how we're being taught. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all that. And that's the thing about when you move to a different country, of course, you have to you respect how things go. Before I question it, it's like, why? This is this is stupid. This, this doesn't make any sense. And then after a few months, I'm like, you know what? I'm just dressing myself. I've had enough to deal with. If they count their number backwards, so be it. If they like sweet stuff, so be it. But let them try the good stuff. Too. Yeah, the, the 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 counting really got me. <laughs> it still gets me. I've been living here for eight years, and when people say it, I have to write it, you know, different first, be backwards, <laughs> to so I I can write it. I'm still like, what is it that way? Yeah. The numbers really confused me when I first started here. <laughs> yeah, and also the amount of expectation because for people, they're like, I mean, for me, I'm still 
I'm still learning. I mean, I haven't been here for, yeah, well, I'll be here for two years on 1st of August. But other than that, people are expecting me to talk in Danish already. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't learn a completely new language in two years. Maybe when I was younger, yes, I do speak a lot of other languages. But I'm older now. I'm actually thinking of a lot of things. And I'm a mother. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my son learned it like like a sponge like that. He's even better One at month. even Danish. Yeah. My daughter corrects One my month. Danish all the time. <laughs> yeah, me too. And it, it, it's it's a bit of a like a punch in the gut sometimes. For four. Yep. I'm, th- I'm, I'm 32. And they're very rude about it too. <laughs> Oh yeah, they're very direct, and I'm just like I look at my husband, and he's like, "I'm sorry, that's that's all, that's the Danish way." I learned sarcasm. I learned Danish sarcasm. That's oh, one of yeah. the first things I learned. It's like they're not being disrespectful or rude. It's just sarcasm. Yeah, like in a different way. Yes, it's a very culture shock. The sarcasm here and black, very dark and black, and you better not take anything personal. <laughs> When you're speaking to no, someone that's no. using uh, sarcasm here, it's so different. No, it's a good thing to learn too, because uh, when I apply it to my cocktails, like sometimes people are so dark, like this is this is very disgusting. Okay, and they don't mean it as an insult; it's just they don't like it. Yeah. Okay. okay then, what do you usually drink? Not tequila. Then why the hell do you order tequila? They they order black licorice. They'll they'll like black licorice. <laughs> What are the steps you took to, you know, to start your cocktail lab? You know, getting, did you do a proof of concept or you just kind of winged it? I just wing it. <laughs> the thing about it, having a business here in Denmark is that there's so many processes. Like I have to go, we had to go check a lot of websites to make sure that we're not, we're following according to the regulations. So first I had to check if I needed an alcohol license. So I had to check with the police and the police came back to me and was like, we're not really sure. And that's a really bad thing to, to get from a police that actually has to give out alcohol license. And they were like, yeah, but the thing is you're in a gray area. So you're not a bar. You're not technically serving alcohol. You're teaching about alcohol. So you don't need an alcohol license. Okay. Okay. That's good. Okay. But for them, it's like, you know what? Just do it. It's okay. As long as you... You don't serve it to minors and it's a cocktail course, not like a, they order a cocktail and then you serve it to them. It's like, no, no, it doesn't, doesn't go that way. You teach, teach them. They make their own cocktail. <laughs> yeah, you can, they can actually make their own cocktail because I do have that, that cocktail workshop as well. I can show it, it also teaches them how to properly shake so none of those injuries come. You know, you see people hitting themselves or shaking in their in their face or worse they just spill it on their back <laughs> seriously yeah I mean some people like shaking it like a shake weight yeah <laughs> like why there's there's a trick to it I'll teach you just don't do anything and not every cocktail has to be shaken some has to be stirred yeah <laughs> like yeah just things like that and then of course you have to get a, a bank account. And I think in every country that you have to go through, banks, or opening a bank account is the worst. Especially here in Denmark. 
yeah, I still have that hurdle until this day to the point that, you know, I'll think of something like overseas and whatnot, but that's, that's about it. And then, of course, I have to go to the food in, food uh, in ministry and they gave me the green light and all that. Like, oh, do you serve eggs? Eggs? Yeah, I mean, they're drinks that some eggs, but no, not the moment. No. Okay, then you're good. We'll check you in two to three years. Oh, okay. So you have your actual like license and everything in your home home bar. Yeah, yeah, I do. All good, all clean. I mean, it's it's very white in here, so it's clear. It's as clean as you. I mean, I do have some LED lights and whatnot just to feature it all, but it's not it. And again, it's a small space, so I also have full control of it. It's a small homey space. Yeah, it makes it cold. It's like the Danish way. It's hugly. Yeah, okay. So that's a perfect way to explain it. Yeah, and I designed it specifically so it tickles your so people get ooh like ooh. You get all this. It's open possibilities for them because when you see it, you think, oh, okay, ooh, there's different types. Yes, there's different types, and then you get to try them and get to and they're like, okay, and then you think of ways how to use them. And that's just totally sets a different tone and it just opened up a lot of things. And also cost-wise for some people, it's like, well, now I know how to properly make it because I do in all of my cocktail workshops, I do have a printed material, like the rest, the recipes and all that they can take home as part of what they paid for. So, I mean, you won't really remember everything that I said. So at least you have that little thing. And so far, all of the ones that I have, I do have, I do did only had a few recently, and they love it. It's just summer holidays, and people are like, "Oh, I have somewhere to go," and yeah, like, "Oh, we come back in August or something like that." I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, that's good that you, you know, you did the whole process. Uh, you did all the research. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started? Mm, a little Danish helps. Also, the type of just the type of people that you have to bear in mind and also the fact that you can't please everybody because I still get all those they can't help it like some of them are slightly racist or actually actual racist they look at me or sometimes borderline sexist yeah. I still do get all this oh but you're a woman you're a small Asian woman can yeah. you drink do you know what you're doing I did have an email that says so what are your qualifications to make such cocktail workshops? Wow. <laughs> Even when my husband sees that, because it's in Danish, he had to translate and he was like, what the heck? <laughs> Is this woman for real? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Oh, give her your whole portfolio. But I feel like we don't need to prove ourselves for that. Like, that's the whole point. Yeah, and you don't have to. Most of the time, I prove it through my cocktail. Yeah. And just basic human nature. Just yeah. the way that the satisfaction I get when I see their face and trying it. And they're like, oh, damn, she's right. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Paper is nothing compared to what like, you can taste. <laughs> yeah. I do have people like, so what's, what's your favorite cocktail? I'm a very simple person. I only want a single malt scotch with ice water on the top. Yeah. That's my cocktail. And they were like, what? Whiskey? You're like, yeah, my go-to. Like cocktails, no? Yes, I do. I love flavors. I love playing with it. 
because sometimes at the end of the day, I just like a nice glass of whiskey. You like making other people happy through your cocktails. That's basically what yeah, you do. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's the same with the chef. They like yeah. giving them a memorable experience when it comes to food. They put their art on food. Yeah. I put mine in cocktails. Yeah. And then my last question would be, what are some of your favorites? And it's so outside of the business thing, because I know I, I started a blog and I'm also, I didn't start a business, but more of a blog sharing to parents what are things that parents do. Because when you're an international parent moving to Denmark, you don't know anything. Like it's like no. you go there and you Google something where to take my child this Saturday or something like that. So I made a blog, a blog page, basically a, a parent directory of where uh, parents can take their kids in Denmark. And can you tell me like two places that you take your son to in Denmark? It doesn't have to be in Violet, but just in general, a fun thing you do with your family. So, you know, any parent that comes here in Denmark, know it's like, oh, you know, I haven't been to that park or this theme park or something like that. Well, I mean, we're not really a theme park type of person. The thing is, we, I, from my side, I live in city most of the time. And now I live like in nature. And that's what I'm trying to teach my son is to appreciate nature more. Denmark is one of the best. Well, we actually have cycle lanes mm. and we don't have to worry about cars trying to kill us. Mm-hmm. So, and we do have a work-life balance here in Denmark, which I think should be applied in every every country. And as a parent, there should be a balance. Like you need to lay down your work because at the end of the day, the one person that you're doing all this is your kid. Mm-hmm. So if you... I mean, there's really not a specific place, but when a set of specific time, actually, I do have a lad chick, just like a cargo bike. Yeah. And I just take out my son to go out because we do have a lot of natural parks here in Denmark. Mm -hmm. Just go there, have a picnic. If not, if it's in the winter and there's snow, take one of those sleigh and just have fun. Because that's what a lot of kids are lacking these days. and also from parents is that we're so dependent in technology like I know it's easier I mean I'm guilty about it as well I'd rather give my son his YouTube but it's nice to have some sort of interaction yes we do have all these theme parks and whatnot but for me it's like going through nature and actually being a child like playing actual playing not the one with your or iPad swipe here swipe that and actually spending time with them. You can do it in a park. You can do it in a forest. You can even throw a stick in the stream. And for a kid, it's like, ooh. Yeah. Nice. So find a park. Find a nice spot for picnic. Lie down there. Talk with your child. Bring their favorite snacks. If they want chocolate or candy, so be it. It's weekend. Screw yeah. that. Like, my son asked for a chocolate cake at 3 in the morning. <laughs> it's not like I give it to him. But I do give him Oreo cereals that I had to buy. Sometimes it's available in supermarkets, but sometimes I have to buy it in American shops. Oreo, yeah. oh God. And at some point there was like this Super Mario and cereals. They were just like, dude, calm down. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, let kids be kids. We were kids once. So why don't we show them how we are? We, we were okay. We didn't have iPads, yeah. iPhones and internet. 
And we grew up just fine. We're actually more fun. I thought it was more fun when we grew up. Not now. <laughs> yeah, let, let them learn to play. I mean, here in Denmark, I know they emphasize on play, but it's a different thing when you're a parent and between a parent and a child. And you see the fascination, to see, just to see the fascination on my, my son's eyes when we play and like, mommy, I'm good. Yeah. Yay. Even though in your head, yeah, I let you win, you little bugger. But yeah. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, you did a good job. And that's a positive reinforcement for them. And it will always tell her something to talk. So they always, your head like oh i did this with my mommy last weekend yeah and then you know, just look at this i just look at my husband like i did that yeah <laughs> look who, who look who's the best mommy you now who's yeah. the best parent now it's gonna be me yeah <laughs> yeah I, it's not a competition but sometimes i yeah, feel like sure. it is <laughs> oh yeah of course yeah of course of course i mean it's mommy pulling Heck, yeah I'm in. you're like i am ahead right now <laughs> Like, uh, I always have to ask my son, so how much do you love mommy? Hundred million thousand. You like how much I do you love daddy? Still. Yeah. You're like I just bought the Oreo cereal, you like? Yeah. A billion. <laughs> Who's the best mommy in the world? My mommy. <laughs> you like, good job. <laughs> but we've been talking for an hour and I think you and I we need to go back to our kids. Uh, actually, it's evening right now. They're sleeping. Maybe a, a glass of wine yeah. or, or something. Netflix. No. But I just wanted to say thank you so much for sharing your story on how you created this business and you know how you ended up in Denmark and just sharing your life with the audience and you know this cocktail lab. And if you, the audience, want to do a cocktail class or anything, I'll have all of Anne's information on the website where you can contact her and follow her on Instagram and also I'll have all her social media information on my website so you guys can get a hold of her for any of these classes but again thank you Anne for being part of this any last words to the audience before we cut it short Chuck this gin has the way there's way tons better stuff to drink there just throw it away throw it away and can make you something better. <laughs> Not just me, but there's also some bar- really good bartenders here in Denmark. Just go beyond gin house. <laughs> go beyond what you usually have. Like, uh, skip the glass of wine. Give her an actual Negroni. Be adventurous. <laughs> but thank you, and we will talk to you later. Bye. Hi guys, so what did you guys think of that episode? I thought it was really great and just was you could tell Anne was really passionate about, you know, cocktail making and how she makes other people happy through, you know, her creation of these amazing drinks. And also the way that she just shared and opened up about, you know, working here in Denmark and what really pushed her to start her own business as a cocktail or rather her cocktail classes, her and uh, that she does at her house. And she did all the proper work, you know, from getting an alcohol license and then going to the food and beverage industry. You know, she really did the process to get her business going. And she had some really good tips in there on how, you know, everyone can get started on their own business and find the courage to do it, you know, in a foreign country. We all live here in Denmark and we know how difficult it is to, you know, learn Danish. 
But we, through this podcast, I'm noticing that more and more women, you know, they're not letting language or culture or anything stop them from chasing their dreams of, for example, starting a, a cocktail classes or starting a cafe or a jewelry line. And, you know, a lot of these other women that I'm going to be interviewing, and, you know, in these next couple of weeks of how they started their business in Denmark from, you know, from scratch or they pivoted a little bit. Or they just started a whole new business from what they were doing from their home country. So it's really interesting to hear these stories and what pushed these women or these internationals to just do their own thing. And amazing to hear. And it gives me, you know, energy and a boost to, you know, really be sometimes serious about, you know, my podcast or blogging. But at the same time, I love my job. I love working for a company. So I'm trying to find balance balance in that because, you know, podcasting is something I love, but I do it for fun right now. And I don't really uh, want to make it into a business or even my blogging website for, you know, the, this directory. It's all for fun. And I do it when I can. So, yeah. But for anyone out there, you know, thinking about starting a business or turning their passion into a business, please listen to these stories of these women just, you know, getting out of their comfort zone and finding the courage to really, you know, jump in and start the business in a foreign country. If you guys want to learn more about Anne, you know, follow her on her Instagram. All the links will be on my website and you guys can find it, follow her, even reach out to her if you want to do a cocktail class or even you know, a small party, or if, if your company wants to do an event or for cocktail classes, yeah, definitely reach out to Anne. She's not just based in Baile, she does travel around Denmark. So that'd be a really good way to, you know, team build or even a girl's night out because I'm planning to do a girl's night out for my girlfriends here in Baile and do a cocktail hour at her house. So that would be really fun. But that is a wrap. This podcast has gone over a little bit over than I anticipated. That's what happened when you like talking a lot like me. But everything will be on my website. So definitely check it out. And also let me know your thoughts. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on TikTok. Yeah, all the social channels I definitely have. So yeah, talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.